This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hi, welcome in Condo to Trouble, Zolgad and Scoggins. And uh, Chipper, let's start with the events that took place on Saturday. Iowa City, your uh, your thoughts on a Gophers loss in which I would consider it, I'd call it sort of an odd game, huh? Yeah, it's very weird. It was a weird game, and they didn't they didn't deserve to win, yeah. honestly, the way they played. Yeah. When you look at drop passes, a weird defensive game plan first half, Missed tackles, missed assignments, questionable game management by PJ. We got to get to that because yeah. there's some interesting there's a lot things of, that go well beyond him going sure. on the field. Yeah, there, there's probably um, five different in-game things that yes. were under the spotlight, and part of that, I, I thought at least this year, and I, I didn't go back to its first two, uh, two years, but this year was the first time where really in-game decisions by him uh, were open to debate. And yep. largely because the other games were, you know, kind of well in hand, specifically Absolutely. The, big, the Big Ten. So it wasn't like you're analyzing every – but these were like game-changing decisions and moments. What is your observation about – and I ask this question because there have been times in blowouts where he has used these and it seemed a bit odd, but if you're up by 20, who cares? Yeah. Um, P.J. Flex value of timeouts. Yeah. <laughs> like he seems to use them like they're um, pennies. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because – at Rutgers, remember he had three like right in a row. Yes, in the first half. But you're like, up by so much, you don't. Well, that's the thing. Like, and we're I, not talking about that. And I, and I, I tweeted, I was like, yeah, PJ's not taking these time timeouts back to Minnesota, and, and people are like, oh, you, you're going to focus on that, you know, blah blah. It's like, yeah, it was, one, it was a joke, yeah. and two, it, was, it wasn't very funny Saturday, <laughs> <laughs> the way he used them. Yes. and that's the thing. Yeah, he, he. Well, part of it is because he comes sprinting down the sideline, hundred miles an hour to call it, and but it's just. It just seems like sometimes he uses them when you don't need to, and he like he right. wants everything to be perfect. Like if you don't, if they don't have the right play call in, he's going to call it, right. you know. And so it came back. And I here's the thing. Well, let, let's let's start with that one. I didn't think there at the end they the uh, Ty Johnson gets the the 14 yard pass play down to the one. Mm-hmm. Well, one you think that's your automatic uh, wildcat. So just run them on the field there and run your wildcat package. Well, they didn't. PJ said, asked him afterwards about the onside kick, which we'll get to, which led to that. Um, he said they didn't get the look they were expecting, and that's you know they take the play clock down to almost nothing, and so he calls a timeout. And he said he wanted to use. He felt it was better to be first and go from the one than first and go from the five, from the six. He just felt like that they had to have that touch on. Okay, but. Shouldn't you rehearse or something? Hey, if we get down to one, we, here's what we're going with. We got to yeah. know what you're you're doing. And 
whatever reason they, they didn't get the look that you called the timeout. Yep. Um, so that took, that was their second timeout. So they had one left. Okay. I can understand a little, if you want to, you got to make sure you get the touchdown there, but you, you still had three twenty seven left in one timeout. I didn't think that, ne- uh, necessitated onside kick in there. And, nope. people, and people say, well, if they get a, if they get a, a first down, the game's over. Well, one, the odds of getting an onside kick are not very high. And two, Correct. and PJ said afterwards, well, I had faith that we would stop them. Well, then kick it deep. Correct. That made both of those things ma- made no sense. But with 326 left, I believe. 327. The onside kick shocked me. Yeah, I couldn't believe it because he's like, and here's the thing. Kick it deep. And you know Iowa's thinking, okay, they got one timeout. Let's just run it up the middle three times. They'll have to call one timeout. We can burn whatever it was. They probably would have burned a minute and a half of it. So 327, you run it. That's, you know, you can run it another 40 seconds, another 40 seconds, and you call timeout. So they probably would have got it back less than two minutes. But I, that field position was critical right there. Yes. The difference between not getting that onside kick, and if you kicked it deep and they started to 25, you're talking about – 25, 30 yards when you know you're going to be out of timeouts and you need that. So I just – I didn't understand it. I, I feel like you could still play because I was going to be conservative to try to – they're not going to come out throwing. They're no, going to run no, the ball. No, that's exactly right. They're going to run it up the middle and just they're try to milk time. They're not going to try and dagger you because if it fails, if something goes really wrong, yeah. they're screwed. Yeah, if they come out passing two times and they have incompletions, now you're they're not going to do that. They're no. going to run the ball up the middle and you stop them and you get it back with like a minute. Absolutely. So I, that one just – but the fact that they had to call the timeout, in PJ's mind, forced them to do the onside kick. Kick. So if you weren't ready there, it's just Here, I just thought the home game management. Here's what's weird, and, and this also goes to him when he thought Tyler Johnson was hurt going on the field. And now I understand that didn't cost the change of sure, uh, or that that wouldn't have kept the ball with the Gophers potentially because of the Johnson hit. But all three of those things, though, I mean PJ Fleck talks about, and I believe it. You know, preparation, always mm-hmm. being prepared and ready for the moment, like all of these and sort of a, I, I don't know if discipline is the right word, yep. but all of those things showed a lack of preparation, a lack of discipline. Sure. And that's why the running on the field thing got me because he's got to know, first of all, first of all, if the kid is hurt, so let's say it's bad, your your trainers and doctors have to get out there first. Like you don't matter. Well, it like is you my... can come on the field and certainly say something in his mind it's the opposite right but i would work with him on that yeah and i like, I, I gotta be honest with you i don't mind that i think he was overzealous i think he got caught in mo- and he ran too fast i do think there was yeah and, and he officials... said there's not a green light red light but it's like there's common sense and he just right. ran too fast and right. I, and I, I honestly don't have a problem with him running out to see his players when hurt i really don't but that one he just he i have he no problem if, too i have no problem if you let the trainers because they can go right on sure so i have no problem but the whole thing was so and i I wrote this for our site, scorenorth.com, Chip. The whole thing to, to me was, and this is not a criticism, I thought that that game was an incredibly valuable learning tool for P.J. For Fleck. him. For him. Because he's a young coach. And yeah. look, he does some things really, really well. I think he recruits really well. I think he's got a really good scheme. Yes. I think that there have been things leading up to Saturday in-game where you're like, is that? I don't know about that. And yeah. it was sort of confirmed on Saturday. He needs work on in-game coaching. Yeah. But I also think that's fine. Well, and let's go to two things. Let's go to two things in the first half where I agreed with and disagree with uh, the first series. And it's a tough spot. You're in no man's land. You got a fourth and thirteen from from the Iowa thirty-two. Yep. So you have three options. 
you can go for it, which I didn't like. Fourth and 13, that's just, you know, I didn't like that. Try to kick a field goal, 50-yarder with a backup freshman kicker. I didn't like that. Or either punt it or take a de- delay game and then punt and pin him dink. Like, I, I felt like that situation screamed for punting. I mean, I know it's kind of waving a white flag, but I felt like that was the best, most reasonable of the three. Sure. Because I just didn't feel like that kid had a chance to make that. The wind was kind of swirling. Now, PJ said the wind was at his back, but – well, that a kid, fifty yarder, and the kid had only kicked one field goal before that all year. I was gonna say that kid, I felt bad. It for didn't him. come close, and so now you give Iowa the ball at the thirty-two, and then they, you know, it, they probably feel like, oh boy, we got a break there. Yep. And then they go down and score a touchdown. And yep. You don't know that your defense is playing bad at that point. It was Iowa had already had one series, but kick it deep, try to get him inside the five, and then pin it there. And then, yep. What's it? Oh, I, I was going to say PJ Flex decision to uh, try that field goal and miss was. Basically, exactly what Jason Garrett did in Dallas against the Vikings. Yes, when that field position changes too dramatic, it is. And he's and so I think you're right. And PG said, "I trust my players, and I I like that. I, I admire that. But you also have to realize that trust has to be earned. And I've got to the trust has give to be, your second one because I've got to trust one that he didn't show. Well, or I think he should have shown. This, so so the second one's right at the end of the first half. They have the ball at the two this with, with, gonna, with uh, four seconds left. This one I was going to ask about. I 100% agreed with his decision to kick the field goal there because you're down 20-3, to three, as horrible as you played. If you kick a field goal, you're down, and you're getting the ball. But I only, I only agreed with it because they're getting the ball to start the second half. If they weren't getting the ball to start the second half, I would have gone for the touchdown because hmm. – I would have gone for the touchdown – Regardless, but your logic makes But your logic makes I wouldn't have because you kicked a field goal. That's a pretty much gimme, which, heck, he hit the upright. Was it wasn't say, a that, gimme. With that kid, that, that's the problem is nothing with that kid was a gimme. But it's a 20-yard it's a field goal. You've got to be able to make You know, if you're not, then you're not. What are we doing here? Um, Trying to run it in? Yeah. Well, but if you can get to 20-16, to 16, you're down two scores. You get the ball the second half, and you're thinking, okay, if we can go score now, it's a ball game, which is exactly what happened. Sure. Versus if you don't. Get anything if you get stopped, incomplete, whatever, and it's twenty three. Now you're like, oh my I know. God. But his whole thing to me, his whole mantra about let's do this, I trust you. In that one, if I had had a field goal kicker that I completely relied on, I think I probably would have kicked the field goal. But you still got a good offense. You're on the two. I'm just saying I would yeah. give it a serious thought. Oh, I think you give serious if you thought because yeah. if you score that touchdown, that's a statement. And now you got the ball back. Yeah, I would not. Have, and plus, I felt that team needed a jolt that more than that field goal. Yeah, it could be. But I, I just felt like, but if oh, they weren't, if they weren't, oh, and I think he probably, I'm sure they considered it. But like I said, if they were not getting the ball second half, I would have definitely gone for it. Because then you're like, all right, we we cannot, um, you know, just take this if they're getting the ball and it could be twenty seven to six. Yeah. Whereas the difference between twenty seven to six. And twenty to ten, or what that been? Sure. Yeah, twenty thirteen. So I, I that one I agreed with, but it's interesting. There's like five or six decisions he made there. Well, the heck, heck, the 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 pass that Tyler dropped was a fourth and four, and that might have been an easy one. Say, so, you know what? We still have enough time. If we kick a field goal, we'll get in our possession. By the so, way, we need to own up to something. What's that? On conduit to trouble last week. Oh God! <laughs> I said to you, and and you're guilty for agreeing. I'm guilty for saying it. I said to you, Rashad Bateman has not dropped a pass that I can recall all season long. And I think you thought about it. Yeah. And you, you've obviously covered every single game. And you're like, no, Judd, I think he, he has not. And then we talked about Tyler Johnson. Because Tyler Johnson, the ball he dropped on fourth and four on Saturday, he actually dropped a few times last year. A lot. A lot yeah. last year. I don't think he dropped many, if any, this year. Mm-mm. Anyway, they dropped. 
at least two critical passes. Well, the one, yeah. I mean, big time ones, and it's hard to, you know, rip them too much because of how great they've been. Sure. But, but I'm the, just saying we, we, yeah, it's we, our fault. Yeah, we jinxed it there. Yeah, the Bateman one was a killer, too, because his first half, uh, they'd had a sack right before it. It was second and 18, mm-hmm. and he had a big play. He was going to be inside the 20. He's definitely going to be a first down. He was going to be inside the 20. And he drops it now. It's third and eighteen, and they wind up having to punt there. Um, so I think they would have gotten points on his, and then obviously Tyler's drop was the biggest play of the game. Yeah, because I that, think he scores on that. And that ball's he always right on the money. I know this. It's it's so okay. It's the one thing I never could understand about him. Is he makes these ridiculous catches. I know. I don't know, if but it's, it's that route that he actually struggles with. I, That's the ball he dropped last year a lot. It's crazy. It's that he, crossing route where he. I don't know if he's. It's almost like he doesn't look the ball in, and I don't know if it's because he thinks looking up. he's going to get hit, which, by the way, he did. Yeah. Uh, okay, explain that. Is that rule different in college and pros? I don't know. I, I'm still baffled by it because— Go through it so, well, so people know what you're talking about. So, and we were confused. They actually had Bill Corella, the Big Ten supervisor of fishing. They explained it on, them to, on TV, too. Sure. So they said as soon as that ball—and I don't know if it's because if it's a change of possession, but as soon as the ball hits the ground, plays over— and then it was probably what, one point five seconds yep. after after the ball hit, or yes. maybe maybe two seconds. No, no more than two seconds that he the, the kid hit him. So they because they said it was dead, yep. that it's unsportsmanlike. It's a dead ball penalty and not um, unnecessary roughness, which is basically a continuation. Correct. Unnecessary roughness is a fifteen yard in. First down. First down. Like, let's say PJ doesn't run on the field. So it, that's why I thought it was going to be unnecessary roughness, and then it would just be automatic first down. But they said, and Bill Corello said, they enforced it right, but because as soon as it hits the, the ground. Kills the play. It kills the play, and then after that, it's un, unsportsmanlike. But isn't there a continuation, like some kind of uh, continuation to a play? It. So I, I'm still confused but i've never seen it applied that way i've always seen the in the nfl if this happens it's a continuation play right i i think so i've never i've never seen it applied this way i've i was gonna say so it changes from unnecessary roughness to unsportsmanlike conduct because of the dead ball because of the dead ball yeah i know and so so the so that's a penalty iowa the so when it's, as soon as the as soon as the ball hit the ground, change of possession basically in their mind. Okay. So whatever happens after that, so PJ is, doesn't run on the field. The ball goes back to the seven half the distance. Is that correct? Right? And so it would have been because they were at the fourteen. If PJ doesn't run on the field, it's half the distance. So they would have had it at the seven. But because PJ ran on, got one two. So it's like a good punt. Then it's fifteen from the seven, so it's twenty two. So instead of instead of them starting at the seven, they started at the twenty two. So his penalty cost them fifteen yards. Of right, but it did not cost them the ball. No. Do you think PJ goes for the field goal if he has his field goal kicker? Who he is? He's hurt, right? Yeah, the the starter. Yeah, the starters. Hurt. Um, no, because how much time was left there? It was. I have to look. Well, you're you're in the you know you're just in, over a minute left in the third, your third quarter. Third so quarter. I don't. And they're down by seven, so you could have cut it if if you had a field goal kicker you trusted because this kid I. Maybe, I maybe I don't know, but I mean that wasn't still that would have been a thirty-one yarder, um, and it was a great play call. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, it worked. It, I, I don't know, I don't know what he's done. I mean, Except I think the they time. felt like maybe the offense was starting to establish something with the passing game because they, I mean, they were, you know, I thought Tanner Morgan was awesome. I thought he played really Chip, good. He's had a great year. Like let's the last two weeks has turned for me though, Judd, because of who he's played. Oh sure, but I'm just 
his overall body of work is just impressive. He was, I, you know, yeah, there are a couple throws, and he had a nice run in there. I think it was a fourth he's, down run. He's been I really good the last I've two weeks. got no qualms with this kid. No. I mean, he. I thought he was just and Bateman, superb. And Johnson dropped those passes. Those weren't. No, yeah. I mean, he would have had his numbers. He had been over 400 yards for sure without those drops because um, Bateman's was going to be at least a 20-yarder. So, just, yeah, you can't find fault with him and. Does Tanner play in your mind on Saturday at Northwestern? Um, I'm going to say yes. Um, and, and this is not without any insight knowledge. PJ said on his show this morning that we're taping on Tuesday. Um, PJ said he's in the concussion protocol. But PJ said immediately after the game that Tanner wanted to go right back in. So I draw a conclusion on that, that maybe it wasn't as severe as they sure. had hoped. But but. The fact he's in a concussion protocol tells you it could be anything. I mean, you could wake up two days from now and have, right, have symptoms. So it's right. but um, sounds like he's progressing and doing okay. So I'm gonna say yes. But if he doesn't, it'll be interesting to see if they turn to one of the two freshmen, either Kramer or Jacobs, or if they went with, hey, we're just gonna put Seth Green in there and do Wildcat the whole game and try to win a, you know. And just pound the ball. You might be able to against the Wildcats this season. Yeah, against Northwestern. This is one of Fitzy's worst years ever, right? And so you might it might be one of those games. Remember a couple years ago when Chris Traveler came in for yes, and they literally Not conference game, right? Yeah, it was uh, at T- or, uh, yeah TCF Bank Stadium. Was it? Uh, it was like San Jose State. San Jose State. Yeah. yeah, where they ran like nine million yeah. times, only threw two passes or yep. something. Uh, it might be one of those situations. So, but I but interesting. You you hope Tanner's okay and can play. I gotta I gotta think that whether he starts or not, they beat Northwestern though, because Northwestern looks to be. They've had some weird years, this but just, this looks to be old old school. When I was a kid, Northwestern. Yeah, they can't score. Yeah, I mean they're, they're I, you know they got forty five points against UMass, but up until that point, they were they were ranked dead last in college football in scoring. So if all goes according to plan here, and Wisconsin uh, plays host to Purdue on Saturday at Camp Randall, and they beat Purdue, and the Gophers go to Northwestern, and they should win. It's going to be awesome. How great. How, <laughs> and by the way, if I'm not mistaken, that will be Saturday, um, Gophers-Wisconsin at TCF Bank, and then Monday, Seattle Vikings, right? Yes. December 2nd. Yes. It's going to be a great football weekend, yes. man. Yeah. It's going to answer a lot of questions I've got about both those teams. Yeah. Well, think about how great Penn State was. Now, multiply that by two. Yep. And when you're playing your biggest rival. And now the pressure. With a chance to go to the Big Ten Championship and the Rose Bowl on the line. Yes. I mean, oh, it's, it, I, it doesn't get bigger than no, that. You know? No, and I, I mean, I want them to go to the Rose Bowl, so I'm not happy that they lost on Saturday. But yeah. I'm also not upset that it's going to come down to this or it should yeah. because I think this could be great fun. Yeah. And, yeah. But, you know, Bucky's pretty good. Oh, yeah, they're good. The yeah. Illinois slip-up was real bad. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a Bucky's, good team. But Wisconsin's pretty dog, doggone good. Yeah. And this could be so interesting to watch. Yeah, it's going to be. And I want to see Fleck coach that game, too. Hey, Did everything's you know getting level? magnified. Yeah. Everything's getting magnified. And he talks a lot about pressure and how pressure is earned. It's like, yeah, here it is. Yeah, pressure. Yeah, this is. Yes. And so, 2.30, it's going to be a 2.30 kick they've already announced. Um, it's, I mean, it's going to be awesome. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, and that's the thing about the loss is that. I think there, I could sense frustration being down there because, like, if they played Iowa ten times, I think the Gophers win six or seven of them. Mm-hmm. I just think they're a better team, but they weren't a be, they weren't a better team that day, and they didn't they didn't play well enough or, I was or clean enough. And I was a good team. I mean, it's a hard place to win. They're tough, yeah, and especially their defensive line is really good. Yep. I mean, I felt like they controlled the line of scrimmage. They, the Gophers one kid just is, could not run. The one yeah. kid is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, 
But they just they didn't play clean enough football to win. I mean, you just can't have drops and penalties. Do you think that there was how, – how much do you think was what we talked about last week on Conduits, which was the potential for hangover from Penn State? Because I did I, – I really thought that they'd be pretty well prepared. Yeah, I don't know that it was like emotion or anything like that. I I, I don't know. I It's one of those things you can't ever know, but I, I don't think it was that. I just – you know, I didn't like the defensive game plan. Right the, just, they were just on their heels and the fact that they were saying, okay, let's just – not get beat deep. Let's not give up the cheap one because remember Iowa came into the game. They'd kick more field goals than anybody in the country. I didn't know that. They were number one in, in field goals. So it's funny because they were like ranked really high in in red zones scoring, like ninety six percent of the time. Well, almost, in, but they're like seventy fifth nationally in touchdowns in the red zone. They, they kicked all field goals. They had more field goals. They were tied for first nationally. So they get down there, but they kick field goals. Right. And so I think the Gophers' plan was okay. Let's just not give up a cheap homer. Keep everything in front of us. We'll play kind of you know off coverage and then tighten up and make him kick field goals. Well, you just can't do it. I mean, Nate Stanley was kind of picking them apart and they didn't set the edge on runs and missed tackles and so that's why at halftime they said, "All right, forget this. We got to start bringing pressure." And they did that. And Rossi called. And they more probably should have come out that way. They should have, yeah. And so take control or or not wait until they score three touchdowns the first three possessions. They maybe have to you know first driver part of the second drive say hey we got to start bringing some more pressure sure because they had three points in the second half 69 total yards gophers run game yeah did it get slowed because of the hawkeyes defensive line uh, yeah. being good or were there no i think i think their offensive line was, yeah i think well i just think uh iowa's defense line won that matchup i just think there was really nothing there for those guys to to do and and um and that's where you know i have no real Issues with the Gophers' offense, like play call and stuff. I mean, they threw the ball enough. They, yeah, you know, they just had some bad and we drops. For that. I mean, they, and they, that's but what we the one, about. the one thing is, they just didn't finish in the red zone, which they've been pretty good at. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, you know, instead of getting touchdowns there, they, uh, they just didn't quite finish off drives. But I, I thought the game plan in terms of like exploiting their secondary was was smart. All right, so let's uh, pivot topics to the Vikings, who go into the bye week now, what, 8-3 and three after they beat the Broncos. It was so simple. <laughs> I mean, the Broncos didn't cause never any problems. Doubt. Never a doubt about that game. Uh, no, in, in all seriousness, uh, obviously the Vikings come back from down 20 nothing at halftime. What, there have been last five years, I think the stat was um, oh, 99 yeah. teams had been down 20 or more at halftime. None of them until the Vikings, which were Team 100, came back to win that game. What's your – so – the record's very good. Yeah. What's your confidence in this team as they get set for their last five games? Well, I have more confidence in Cousins than I did seven weeks ago and less confidence in the defense than I did seven yeah. weeks ago. The past defense is, you know, they, they have issues. Now, I will say this. Um, that first half, Denver made some spectacular catches yeah. and throws. I mean, ones that you're probably not going to see like consistently. I mean, they were blind. There are at least two of them where I think Rhodes was on for a deep shot, and then Wayne's where Wayne's got beat by a wide receiver pass. Yeah, and it was a hell of a throw. Yeah, and it, I mean, he's like smothering a guy, and it somehow gets in there. So it's kind of hard to fault a guy when you're like blanketing the guy, and he just makes a sure. Know, a, but they have some issues, obviously, in the secondary. Um, I think. They're as good as anybody in the in a NFC. Hmm. If if they can play a home game, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you put them? Okay, so Seattle, I think, because of Russell Wilson, but their defense is yeah. works. Here's the thing about the conference. What do you think about San Francisco? 
I like their defense a lot. I don't know enough about Jimmy G to pass judgment here. Some people think he stinks. Some people think he's okay. Um, their defense is really good. Would you rank them ahead of the Vikings? Right now I would, yes. Right now I have San Francisco ahead of the Vikings. I have Seattle. I have Green Bay for now just because they beat the Vikings. Yeah, in terms of like. There's five teams that I like. Saints and the Vikings. And then, I agree. I agree. And then those are my five teams. And I would put those teams ahead of them because they, and they have those, a better record, but I just don't know how much better they are. And those games are all fun, but those teams are all – every one of those five teams definitely has flaws. They're flawed, yeah. And they're flawed enough that nobody separates themselves. That's what I – and I, I – this is kind of Captain Obvious, but that's why I think, man, home home field advantage this year. Absolutely. Because it's I – Huge. Because um, Vikings clearly are a different team. I mean – if they get home, I just don't see them losing a home playoff game. In that place? No, I mean, it'd be, yeah, no, I'm with you. It, it would be. But, well, it depends on, I could see Russell Wilson coming in there and shoving it down your throat. Maybe a Drew Brees. And, yeah, and Drew Brees has done that before. He, yeah. Or he almost did that. Yeah. You know, the pe- people forget, but the miracle, the Minneapolis miracle game, the Vikings at halftime were in great shape, and Drew Brees was like, oh, no, you're not. Yeah. Um, a Breeze or a Wilson can single-handedly Only will. those two, I think. But beyond that, in that building? Or Rodgers. You know, now if San Francisco came here and their defense played lights out, that might change it. But Garoppolo, I don't think yeah. that. And, Ro- yeah, Rodgers, I don't know what to make of Green Bay. I, I, I have a lot of questions about the Vikings and Green Bay. Yeah. Just because I don't know I don't know what to make exactly of them. Either. I don't know how good. Yeah, like, and I the, think they're good, but how good? Like, what's the ceiling correct. for, like— and is there more would, of a ceiling? Are we missing a, Are we missing what the ceiling is? Like, would you say Green Bay's a team that could go win the Super Bowl right now? I don't feel like it. I don't either. I, I really don't. But the only reason I say that I feel any NFC team could win the Super Bowl right now is based on their quarterback. Like, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson would win the Super Bowl. See, yeah. And, well, Breeze and, of two years ago, I think, could. I'm not sure that this Breeze. Breeze has definitely dropped off some. But I'm not. But there's no team I look at and say that's my Super Bowl team. I know in the conference. No, Baltimore in the AFC is looking to be that team. And New England, you yeah. always got to say those two. You know, yeah. So that's I. But I think they're in that no conversation. I think they're in that conversation. But and you could tell Zimmer's just perplexed by his past defense. Like he's going to spend the next two weeks. He's got to make at changes his, at his retreat. <laughs> oh, he's going to be watching. But what film. changes? Oh. Well, I've got some ideas here. I mean, you can't make Xavier run. You can't make Xavier. You can't. I've been doing some work. (laughs) Have you broken it down? I'm glad you asked. Mike should call me ASAP. (laughs) Call me on the cell. It's right over to you. We'll we'll take the conversation (laughs) offline, off the record. Um, So I watched Rhodes on Sunday. Yeah. I I just decided to watch him. Yep. So because you know you see him get beat on TV and you think you can see what's wrong, but you really it's just a snippet. He cannot run. There's either his hamstring is either injured. He is – so at the line of scrimmage, he jams you, he grabs and you. he holds on. He holds on, and then he releases you. And, and I'm not being a smartass here trying to be mean. He limps along with you. Like he's, but he's like hopping. He was yeah. literally hopping. So this doesn't work. Like something's wrong here. Something's gone wrong. Um, so what I would do is, one, I would make some adjustments. I would go back to, to what they did for, I think, the first three or four games, which was the big nickel package, which included J-Run. Curse, yeah. Now, I, I don't don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying J-Run Curse should be a cornerback or be on a speedy receiver, mm-hmm. but he deserves to be on the field, Yeah, and he can help you. Um, I think you've got to look to incorporate Holton Hill. But here's my other – so here's my simplest fix, and this is not going to be an immediate fix, so I get it. But 
right now, Xavier Rhodes has nowhere to go. Like, he's just hurt. Something's wrong with him. So there's no chance for improvement right now. Yeah. Mike Hughes got thrown out 17 he times picked on. by Dak Prescott. But at least if I play him and get and yeah. continue to get him experience, I could see an evolution here fairly quickly. He's a first-round pick. I'm not saying this is my only answer, but I am saying with Xavier Rhodes, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. So I would, but you definitely have to incorporate different ideas. And Holton Hill probably should play Chip. Yeah, probably more. But the thing that makes you nervous about Mike Hughes is, I mean, it was clear they were going to go after him every time. So they saw something to match up. Absolutely. And you think if, but can if you work work on Russell that? Wilson or that or uh, Drew Brees is going to do that? I can't work on the fact that Xavier can't run. Yeah. Like I well, can't that's fix yeah. You can't that. make him faster. I can't fix that problem. And he's holding on for dear life, which is just going to be continue to be a continuation of well and the penalties are absolutely you know so So, those are some of my thoughts yeah i like the curse idea because man he makes plays you know and i'm not saying he has to play 40 snaps but um i think didn't even zimmer acknowledge that yesterday during his money thing that hey we probably should get him on the field more he said we and well he acknowledged and it's obvious that the past defense is not playing well um, so they've got to do something. Yeah. They can't continue. You can't just let this ride. Now, here's my real concern. Harrison Smith went out late yeah, in that game against Denver with a hamstring. Adam, you get two weeks. Sure you do, but Thielen's going to miss a month because of that. Yeah. And the one thing you can't do is if you have any questions about Smith, you can't play him. Yeah. Against, because and you can't have him be like – because Thielen's going to miss a month now, Chip. Yeah. And I can't – so if I put Harrison Smith out there against Seattle, and let's just say it's a – he tweaks it. He's done for the rest of the season. Yeah. Well, Or until the playoffs, the regular season. So I will say – Don't like that one. Harris will be back, I assume. Yes. And Sendejo made plays. I mean, I know I, how you feel about Sendejo, yeah, but he – yeah. but He made the interception. And you got well, curse. And I'm not saying they're, they're anywhere – He owes the Broncos a thank you note. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying they're anywhere in, in Harrison's camp, but they're competent. Yeah. You know, they're they're – well, NFL and, safeties. They can and to play. what you're saying, I don't think that you can play Harrison Smith if you have any questions. No, because you you, can't you want to look at the big picture. Because, I mean, yeah. barring complete, they're on track for to be a playoff team, right? And so... Yes. They're two games up in the that's wild card your, race. Yeah, that's your, that's your focus now. And, yeah, you got to finish strong and you want to win the division. But, yeah, I don't think they would rush that back. And, you know, so... But... We're sitting here talking about that, not the quarterback killing him. Hey, you know what? Since the Johnny. Giants game, the statistics. In, well, in fact, if if you were, I, I got him here. Hang on, an MVP voter today. Where would Kirk Cousins fall on your ballot right now? Five, six, maybe higher. Well, Lamar, ja- Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Jackson right one, now, and, and Russell Wilson Russell two. two. A lot of people are throwing. Rodgers yeah. around at three and four. I, he might be four or five. And yeah. I don't know that Cousins, I don't, I mean. Hang on, here's the. Uh, is Aaron clearly above Kirk? Um, And we're the last place to be Kirk Cousins homers, but it's a legitimate question, I think. Okay, well, no, I wouldn't. Maybe. So here, uh, Mike Rand tweeted this out yesterday. Yep. In, in Cousins' last seven games since the loss to the Bears, 73.3% completion percentage. 2,020 yards. Yep. Um, 18 touchdown passes, the only one interception, and the one was Diggs that he, he just It's zero, really. Back. Yeah. Uh, 126.5 passer rating and a 6-1 and record. Yeah. 
And think about like how what we were saying about him after that Bears loss. They're gonna have to draft a quarterback. This yeah. is you know Spielman and Zimmer getting fired. Yep. Um, and he's so yeah, you'd probably put him. Now you go through it, probably four, three, or, anywhere from. I think there's two that have definitely separated him. Uh, yes. Wilson and and Jackson. And Jackson. I agree. Uh, it'd probably be Jackson right now, but um, although we were saying it was Wilson last week, so. yeah. Well, and, and that <laughs> those two are one and two. I think, I, yeah. I don't think Kirk is in that rarefied area yet, but I do think this. I and this might not be fair, but I believe it, and I can't wait for the game because of it. I do think that the Seattle Monday night game is going to color how the national perception completely of the Vikings is. If Kirk Cousins is lights out in that game. Now he's going to be talked about on a lot of shows as an MVP candidate, and mm-hmm. he deserves it. Yeah. But if he goes into that game and, and they can come up with a plan to slow Russell Wilson, and that Seattle defense, you know, it's not great no. by any means. It can be scored upon. If Kirk Cousins plays the polar opposite of the game that he did last year on a Monday night in Seattle, I think he becomes in the national conversation not the, not the uh, uh, top candidate yeah. for MVP, but certainly really in that mix. In that next tier, yeah. Because it, the Lamar Jackson train is gaining steam big time. And you it know? deserves to. And, and it should. Yeah, I, I would love to know just what the heck happened after Chicago. I think part of what happened was he was told you look like you're having no fun. You've got ability. And you need to let this go. Like everything that was bogging him down. That Chicago game, he looked miserable. Oh, yeah, he looked at the weight of the world on his shoulders. And he did. And the other thing is, you know, he's got his faults. But he's also got some skills. He's very accurate. This is why, why, in my opinion, and and I think the Denver win was partially, I'm saying partially, okay, predicated on the fact that Diggs went crazy on the sideline and that they changed things and that they got – because that's not Kirk. Like, Kirk's never going to melt down. And, and he shouldn't. He's yeah, a quarterback. Yeah. And he's not Brady. He's not that yeah. guy either. But you know what? Stephon, with Kirk Cousins' skill set, I think, Stefan Diggs is always open. <laughs> or no, he's always viable. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you can roll over safety help on yeah. him. But Chip, first half of that game on Sunday, Diggs caught, I think, a 34-yard uh, catch, wiped out by yeah. a Riley Reef holding call. But if you go look at the official score sheet, he had no targets in that half. Mm-hmm. That's inexcusable. Yep. And, and I'm sorry, there's nothing you could tell me, there's nothing that you could show me in the All-22 where I'm like, oh, you're right, Stefan Diggs, unavailable. Yeah. And what does Kirk do well? He throws a beautiful deep ball. Mm-hmm. So I also think that they have slowly but surely, and at times they're still being too stubborn for my liking, I think they've morphed this to, be, to say, let's take advantage of what Kirk can do. Mm-hmm. Think about the passes he's thrown to Diggs in 2019. Yeah. He's thrown some very risky, chancy passes, and they're beautiful. Yeah. Well, that's he's... His down the field accuracy is one of his better attributes. I think that he typically puts it on. Now he missed the one at the Chicago game with with Thielen, but other than that, but they didn't go back. But they go back to it. Go back to it. That's yeah. what we said. Yeah, don't, like you can't miss that. But then you also can't be like, "That's it. We tried. That was our shot for the day." <laughs> yeah, you know? no, because he's. Uh, but it also takes a line blocking for him. But they did it like that one. The the the. Long post to digs, roll them out that. Yeah, I was say, out that. It doesn't take as much blocking as we think. It's not like standing back there in the pocket. Like do different things to move the pocket I mean, and buy Kirk, him some time. Kirk Cousins' abilities and and struggles aren't that hard. Yeah. You don't have to watch a lot of Vikings games, okay? First half, as I said, the stop, drop, and roll. Right? Yeah. He didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. He tried to make a play from the pocket. Yeah. He was stripped of the ball. He fumbled. Yeah. He's not good at that. He can't. He doesn't have 
Something in his brain doesn't tell him when to shuffle, and he's not good. But what you just said is 1,000% right. Roll him out. Win his diagram that way. He's good at that. He's yeah. got the athletic ability. Um, and so it was almost like the second half they were – but I did – I love the fact that Diggs went nuts. Yeah. Because Diggs going nuts brought an intensity to that building and to that team yeah. that was sorely lacking. It was funny. Like He's captain of the team. The, the second half just sort of felt like playground ball. Like you just hurry up two minutes the whole time. Yep. You're sitting there watching it. And this is this is sort of dumb, but I was thinking like, why don't teams play hurry up the whole time? Like you wait, they just kind of like slinging it. You know, everything's like so structured and buttoned up in the NFL. Yep. And we got to run it this way. And it's like second half, she's like, let's just come around here slinging it. Just you know, two I think minutes. Some teams are concerned about gassing their players. I'm sure, probably, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it would be. And that. And by the way, the way the way they came out and then continued that second half was huge. But. It's also given assist to Denver's coaching staff, who just oh, compl- it was unbelievable how conservative. They were. Why can't we? Why, you, here's what I don't get: Why do we assume that co- good coordinators are going to be good head coaches? Know. I don't know. Vic Fangio, and you're so right. Yeah. There's a lot of teams that don't lose that game. Well, and it, it, they just felt like they're like, "Come on, clock tick tick. We got to get to the plane. We got to get." They just like you got to keep playing. You can't just like. Well, they came out not to lose. Yeah, it was as if. And it was a stupid play call when Brandon Allen, when they got the ball back after the Abdullah fumble, yeah. you know, the Vikings were dead. Dead. Kick the field goal. Kick the field goal. And on first down, you're having this kid throw into, I think it was double coverage. Yeah. What the hell are you doing? It's like, and the game, it was just, it's, Sandejo caught that ball chip, and I swear to God, the Denver sideline went from, we're really good today to, oh my God, don't lose, don't lose, it, don't lose. It's funny when that happened, when they didn't take the 20, I mean, the gift. There's like one minute left and a half, and it's, uh, you know, you, you're in field goal range, and you don't just run the clock out and kick a field goal and take it 23 nothing. I sat there and said, they opened the door for them. They, they absolutely opened the door for the Vikings there because you knew they were getting the ball, yep. and they weren't going to play that bad the second yep. half. Yep. It's like, man, what a what a bad well, game management. And then by he that. challenged the Javon, the <laughs> J. Ron Curse PI, which was never, never going to be yeah. turned. And he lost a timeout. Now he got the two minute warning back, but but he still lost a controllable yep. timeout, which was stupid. Oh, what was your thought on Zimmer calling his timeout with ten seconds well, left with Denver with none and Brandon Allen? Yeah, I was watching him. Was, was not exactly. No, he playing. was looking at sideline. He was scrambling. They, they were, had no timeouts. I felt like they were going to run look, out of time. I did too. <laughs> before they got a playoff. But then it. So the clock stopped. Yeah. So I'm like, what? what? My my. I, okay. I understand. It's a tough weekend for a Yeah, I understand Zimmer's uh, explanation that I wanted to make sure we were lined up and knew what we were doing and we weren't gassed yeah, or whatever. But, I, I didn't like it. But if you're reading that scene, I was sitting there thinking, Jiminy Christmas, they're not going to get a playoff. He got up. He, he ran <laughs> from the 11 to the 4. And Brandon Allen got up and, like, you're right. He was looking he around. At the sideline. And then, and I'm like, he's got to get back. He's got to clock it. Yeah. And he wasn't. They got, I contended. And I think Collar said the same thing. Mackey disagreed. I contended they got at least two extra plays. I Out of that, yeah. Yes, I think they could have run They one wouldn't more. have snapped that before seven. No. So I think they could have probably run one more play. Yeah, maybe two because... But nonetheless... But he, yeah, I and you let, let him get a play in. Like, ow, you let him talk about a play. Careful. I just, just stab myself with a pin. Stick yourself with <laughs> a pen. But, injuries on the um, yeah, it felt like they were just... Completely chaotic and in scramble mode, and you let them get a chance to like get their play in, get their bearings. But I also understand, like, if you feel like your defense is in scramble mode and they're unsure what they're supposed to be doing, 
make sure you're lined up properly. If the clock hadn't, if he had gotten up and got and been running back, I, I might have felt different. But because he wasn't, I thought just and plus it's a rookie or yeah, it's a, it's a 27 year old quarterback making his second career sure. start. If that's Joe Montana, then I'm like, yeah. okay, we gotta know what we're doing here, <laughs> yeah, boys. I know. But the Broncos were just it was yeah. Such, if you were watching Brandon Allen, you wouldn't be like, nah, we're good. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's just it was complete disarray, and it was yeah. It, it was a fun half of football. It was pretty amazing. It was fun to yeah, because you just don't see that too no. often, you know. And the you know and. You know, Diggs, how Diggs got... Well, you guys saw... It's funny, I was at home, so I, I didn't cover the game. I was watching on Twitter while I was watching it, and all you guys were... All the writers were reporting about Diggs just stomping and stomping oh, at the sideline. He was, was it just? It was that obvious that everybody... Yes, he was going... He was raging up and down the sideline. He was going to Thielen and like... Yeah, and it was... But it wasn't like at Kirk. He was going to different people. Like, throw me the ball? I couldn't tell. I, I I think it was a combination of why am I not ge- uh, getting the football, which he's right about, but also probably what the let's hell are go. we doing? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Let's let's start. They were they were dead to start the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, was that a, building was dead. That building was about to turn toxic too. And that was a classic. Oh man, we're going to be on a buy after this. We're playing a crappy team, and yep. Let's just kind of get yes. to the buy. Which is why I said go kick their butts and then go to Seattle. Yeah, but they instead. Made things as interesting as possible, and your your Broncos points dead on. I mean, yeah. the Broncos gave them a ton of help. Yeah, and that's I don't you know most there's a reason Denver's got only won three games. And well, yes, and here's the other thing. So last week, so last week I said don't worry about this game, and obviously I was wrong. But <laughs> people kept saying, well, look at all the close games. This team could be six and three. Denver could be six and no, they couldn't be. You are what your record says you are, you're, and you're a dumb team. Yeah. We have seen, I will say this, for any Zim critics, and he, look, I know he does things, but the last two games, mm-hmm. I thought Jason Garrett was bad, and then I saw Vic Fangio. Well, I, I said it a couple weeks ago, like, we, after the Kansas City game, we were, talk, we were talking about it, we were watching the game, I can't remember who it was on, on uh, it might have been Jacksonville, I can't remember, we were on the TV and we were in the Kansas City game, and you, we said it's like, for all, you know, the angst about Zimmer and Spillman. You look at a pretty well run organization. Yes. Incredible that when they feel you feel like they're gonna have they're competent and they have a chance and they have a plan and a and a vision. Whereas some of these teams is like they're just hopeless. You know, it's like well, they're and they've got some good players. You yeah. know, Dallas has a yeah. I'd love that Dallas roster. It's got flaws, but it, you know, Dak Prescott, and the offensive line, Zeke, offensive line, mm-hmm. uh, Cooper. Yep, the defense has some nice players. Yeah, uh, and. You know, for them to be run that poorly, I know. And that game, you know, the the last two games, the Vikings have just gotten help, and good for them. They take advantage, and they're good enough to win those games. Because that's how you know. There's enough teams like that that are going to do that. But it is remarkable. Yep. It it is uh, when when I saw that Broncos team in that second half, I thought this is <laughs> no seriously. I mean, Vic Fangio, what are you doing? And you're and you're a defensive guy I challenging know. on the uh, PI challenge. That was you, not even close to being, which a, was not going to get called. It was it was borderline on field flag. Yeah. But once it got yeah upstairs, no way. Zimmer was asked about a post game, and Mike Flatow came out and said, "I talked to the league last week. I know they're not going to call that." What was the one that everybody was showing? Um, where the, in the end zone? What was the game where the guy the the wide oh, receiver basically Hopkins got tackled? Yeah, hop, the, the Houston or the Houston, and they they reviewed that and, and said no. Yeah, I mean, they if, don't if they're not going to call that, then come on. I mean, he tackled him. And in this, the end zone. this this rule's not working. Well, they're going to change it. This replay, sure. this is, is it's a joke because what did Seifert say? Now they're only one of yeah a million. It's, of, it's not working, but it's making it's making it worse. 
Yeah. I, I think it's making guys question it more. Officials question it more. Yeah. They, you know, if, if those Yahoo's in the Superdome had just gotten the call right in the NFC title game. Yeah. This never has to happen. Well, I don't know. I, I think. And they should have just gotten the call right. I think coaches are just doing it now out of spite. Like, they know they have no shot. At right. But you cost yourself a timeout. Yeah. In Angio's case, that was a important time, yeah. timeout. Yeah. You know, again, how do you use your timeouts? And I don't understand. I don't understand why these guys all don't have somebody who knows a lot more about timeouts. Well, especially. Tell them what to do, including PJ, a guy like PJ. I would have a timeout guy. Yeah. I'd, I'd be like, you know, you know, in life, know your strengths. Know your weaknesses. Yep. If you're not good with the clock, well, you you've always admit it. Yeah, you've always championed having the game management coach, yes. right? Well, PJ could have used it on uh, Saturday. Yeah. PJ yeah, a lot of coaches it. could. PJ could have used game management coach and hold back coach. <laughs> Seriously, the get back coach. They do get have a get back coach. Yeah. coach. It's hold, a strength coach. Hold him though. Hold back coach. Hold his shoulders. <laughs> he's like dragging. So he's him. just like ah, no, I can't. <laughs> the guy's dragging. He's, PJ's dragging, dragging. Yeah, he's dragging along. <laughs> get the doctors out there. Get their version of Eric Sugarman out there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is when you watch these games and what's you know the stakes of these games, and then you see some of these th- calls. You just I just it think baffles it, me. You're in that stadium in the moment. These, I mean, I don't know if you could, they they kept showing Zimmer's face in that in that first half, just like, and even I think it was Rich Gannon did the thing. He's like his face is a shade of red I've never seen. Yeah, <laughs> it was something. It after Eric Wilson, Did you see on. the flag they picked up though. Oh, on the on the field goal, which as. Mike said, "I don't think they can do that." Well, they did. Somebody told me that Seifert tweeted that, that they, you can't do that. You can't. So what happened? <laughs> so they basically was, saw it on the. On the yes, the, the <laughs> I people, love it. The people that run the jumbotron for the Vikings, who by the way should get a nice Christmas bonus. <laughs> so what happened was, I think they called illegal formation on the Vikings, and I think what they thought was that the um, that the def- that the guy was head up on the. I think it's Weatherly. Okay, I think they thought Weatherly was. I think that's what they thought. And so they throw the flag. It was fourth and four. He kicks the field goal. Yeah. Now it's first and ten, yeah. deep in Vikings territory. And Zimmer goes apoplectic. And first I'm like, what? just dude, stop. I yeah. mean, it's too bad. But um, but then the people who run the Jumbotron showed the above yeah. view. And they, he's off to the side, and he, and he rotates over to the other yeah. side. But he's, not a, but he's a, never head up. So the next thing I know, there's like this long stoppage. I'm like, what's going on? The next thing I know... They pick up the flag and announce field goal counts. <laughs> and they, so they had watched it up there. I think they saw it on the Jumbotron. They can't do that. <laughs> if you're a Vikings fan, you're thrilled. But yeah, they just gave them. Because there's no challenge on that. It was just. No. Oops. We got it wrong. No, they no. there's no challenge. I don't think at all. No, That's I think they awesome. just did something completely illegal. But Zimmer, <laughs> who I love because he's so honest, was like, I don't think they can do that, but I'm glad they did it. <laughs> But that's the state of officiating in 2019. Well, I think in this league, I think they. You're right. You said it perfect. That they've made these guys more unsure. Yes. Not more confident in what's going right. on. I think they. Right. They don't know what a, they don't know what to call no. now. No. It, it's sort of like the catch became. Yeah. They, what's, they yeah. were just so murky about what was a catch. Well, I, I think for sure the pass interference challenge is going to be gone after this year because it's just one. It's. No one's winning, so it's yeah, what, what, what the heck's the point? And right. th- they've made it clear and obvious: if you're not going to just assault the guy, you're anything short of that. Like the one, set, the one Sunday on Hopkins was like, if that's not pass interference, that's going to get overturned. Then, then why even have the rule? Mark my words, though. Here's what's going to happen: I guarantee it. In a playoff game, they're going to change one. <laughs> it's that type of year, or it's that type of year, or they're not. Yeah, like maybe. like that. Maybe. Like, imagine if that Hopkins one happens in a 
AFC or NFC championship game and you're like, you put this rule in for that specific thing and you don't do it, then why, you know, that's exactly what you said. Like, clear and obvious and egregious. Yes. That's egregious. A, guy, a wide receiver gets tackled in the end zone before he has a chance. That's exactly what happens. Something's going to get screwed up. Yeah, it's, it's going to be gonna, a focal point. It's gonna it, turn, it will be a focal point. It's going to turn to a point where we're all going to say it was ridiculous before and now it's completely absurd. Yeah, because here's the thing. Coaches are going to throw that or they're going to challenge it in, yeah. in the playoffs because the stakes are so high and, and they're going to want that thing overturned or, or not, you know. It's so. not a mess. All right, Chips guys. All right, brother. Appreciate it. Conduits of trouble. We'll talk to you later.